0: My friends, the Christian story, built upon the story of Israel, is a story about election. And I'm not talking about the presidential election, but God's election, choosing of his people. It's important for us to remember that initially it's God who first chooses us, that we don't choose him. We heard about this election or the choosing of the people of Israel in our first reading today. In our first reading, we hear, For the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen one, I have called you by name. As we read through scriptures, God chose individuals throughout human history to serve certain roles in his plan for salvation. But we must remember that God never chooses a person out of their merit, but chooses them out of grace. Not because of how holy the person was did he choose them, Or what that person had achieved in life, or how beautiful she was, or how rich he was, but purely because God chose them to be his instruments, to draw close to him, to be in relationship with him. For example, Jacob, from our first reading, he was not even supposed to inherit the birthright of his father Isaac. You can read this in scripture. He was not the eldest son. His brother Esau was supposed to continue the work of his father Isaac. And leading the people of God. And as you remember, Isaac's the son of Abraham, the great father of our faith. But through some trickery of Jacob, along with his mom, God allowed Jacob to continue the line of his father, Isaac. God chose Jacob rather than Esau, even in Jacob's trickery and sin. But God still allowed Jacob to inherit that birthright and continue the covenant with God. Now if we fast forward a little bit through salvation history, we know our patroness here, Mary. That Mary was chosen to be the mother of God from all the foundations of the world that God specifically had her in mind to bring his son into the world. To be the mother of our Savior, to bring salvation himself into time and into the world. A woman who was very lowly, who was meek, who was humble but was chosen to change the world forever. And so, my friends, we return to us here today in the present day, in God's great plan for salvation of the world that we're supposed to be here today. Have you ever asked God, God, why did you choose me to live in this most prosperous country in the entire world during the most advanced age in all of history? Why did you choose me to be able to come here and be educated at one of our great universities? Why have you given me a roof over my head and food on my table? Which is a great privilege that many in our world today do not experience, as we know. So, why you? Why me? Why us? I think this is a good question for us to ponder, my brothers and sisters. God did not desire for us to live in the time of Jesus. He did not desire for us to live a hundred years ago. He didn't desire for us to live in a hundred years from now. He chose us to live here now, and he calls us by name now. But each of us, with our own free will, can either choose to respond to God's call or not. Just like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Mary, who are praised for their faith, a faith that they chose, which made them righteous, if God made them believe in him, then that wouldn't have been faith. In their own free will, our brothers, my brothers and sisters, those who came before us responded to God's choosing of them with a yes. And as we know, God has given us the same free will. And therefore, even though he chooses us and he has chosen us, we can freely choose to say yes to him or we can freely walk away. And as we all know too well that our culture today, following the teachings of Christ and His Catholic Church must constantly be a daily choice. A choice to be a part of a church who's filled with sinful men and women. A choice to struggle sometimes with living by church teachings, which can be difficult at times, but still choosing it. And we choose Christ and His church even when it's sometimes hard why do we choose it? Why do we choose him? Because we have faith. And that faith is a gift from God that he given to each one of us. Now, in the depths of our humanity, and I encourage you to look deep down, in our very core, when you think about being chosen, what comes to mind? What stirs in your heart and in your soul? When I hear that word chosen, I think of being a little kid on the playground and Kickballs happening at recess or baseball, and you want to be chosen for the team when those teams are chosen. You don't want to be chosen last. None of us wants to be that kid who's not chosen or chosen last. We want to be known, we want to be picked first. There's this depth in our heart to be known, to be loved, and to be chosen. We have this need to be known, a need for intimacy. My friends, to be known and to be loved is to be received exactly how you are, exactly how God created you to be, uniquely me and uniquely you. Now the place where the devil can jab at us most in life, and and many of you know this, is to allow us to believe his lie that we're not loved, that we're not chosen, that we're not worthy, that we're not known, and that that we're left to ourselves on our own. But here's the thing, my friends, we have been chosen. In God's mysterious plan for you, you were baptized when you were a baby. Or if you're not baptized, maybe you're on the journey to being baptized through RCIA. Which means God has chosen you to be his adopted sons and daughters. And the beautiful thing is is that God chooses us as a baby. So therefore, it's not based on our own merit. Nothing that we've done. It's purely God's gratuitous gift that he chooses us. friends, do we praise God for that? That we have such a beautiful faith that he freely gives to us? Are we on our knees in wonder and awe that God has chosen us, the God of the universe has chosen us to be his children, to be his elect? St. Paul in the second reading, he thanks God for us that we have been chosen. He says that we are brothers and sisters loved by God and that we were chosen. Alright, so after we've been chosen by God, when we realize that, when we embrace that, then what? My friends, we're called to receive, which can be very hard, and I know especially for guys, I think just the way we're wired, we want to always do, and it's hard to receive. But all of us are called to receive. To receive that we've been chosen, and then receiving the Father's great love. Recently, my friends, you might have heard about this, but we have a recent blessed in the church, blessed Carlo Acutis. He was just beatified on October 10th of this year, which beatification is the step right before canonization, where he'd become one of our great saints of the church. Now the thing about Carlo is he was born in 1991 and died at the age of 15 from leukemia. So if he lived today, he wouldn't be too much older than y'all, maybe a little bit younger than me. He was a computer programmer even in his young age, and he lived in Milan, Italy. He played video games, PlayStation. He had Nike shoes, and... He just loved life. But above all, the key was is that Carlo knew that he was chosen by God and that he was loved by God the Father and he lived his entire life by this truth, living out of that identity of knowing that he was a son of God and loved by God the Father. Carlo said that sadness is looking at ourselves, happiness is looking towards God. Sadness is looking towards ourselves, Happiness is looking towards God. Now, whether we're going through a trial or through joys, whether we're freshmen beginning our time here, or we're seniors almost on our way out, whether you're a priest or a permanent parishioner or you're a student here, we all need to return back to that basic truth that we have been chosen by God and are so loved by Him. Each and every day we have to return to this basic truth. Even when we wake up in the morning, to know that we are loved by God the Father. Now the thing is, and y'all probably know this already, sometimes our hearts become hardened to that truth because of things that have maybe happened to us in our past, the ways that others have hurt us or we've hurt ourselves, maybe some things in our current situation that blind us to his love, or maybe the sins that we're in right now hide this truth from us. Or maybe it's a truth that just needs to keep hitting us over and over and over again for the rest of our lives as john paul ii said whose feast day is coming up this thursday my friends we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures we are the sum of the father's love for us we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures we are the sum of the father's love for us this is the most basic truth of our faith but i would say one of the most important A truth that always is there, but because of our sin, our wounds, we forget about it. Blessed Carlos said that the real battle is the battle within ourselves. The battle to allow the truth that you are loved by God to move from your mind and from your lips to be planted deeply into your soul, into your heart. And as that journey of this truth roots itself more deeply and deeply each day, it will transform your life and those around you. If you truly believe that you are loved by God the Father, you will no longer compare yourself to your friends. Ladies, you'll never compare yourself to other women. You will no longer seek love in the empty wells of pornography or immodesty. You will not treat others with disrespect or gossip because you will know that you have great worth and that the person next to you also has great worth and dignity. And that worth does not come from any material thing or from anyone, that that worth comes from God the Father and his great love for you. Now those sins that I just mentioned are just a few, but they're a twisting of a good, a good desire of wanting to be loved, to be known, to have intimacy in our lives, to be chosen. And so this journey that you and I are both on together is to try to untwist those lies that the evil one places in our minds and our hearts and to allow the truth that you have a Father who has chosen you, continues to choose you, and will always choose you to replace those lies as truth. get a little bit vulnerable with you right now. I know there was a time in my life right after college, right when I graduated from here, I was serving as a missionary. And I was spending two weeks in the Chicago area with a family. It was just a time in my faith life where I was having a lot of doubts of God's love for me. And that turned into self-pity. It turned into comparing myself to others who were on my team and it also turned into jealousy. But then this family that we were staying with for a couple weeks, there was this six-year-old kid that for some reason kept coming up to me trying to give me a high five, came up to me smiling, wanted to go play basketball, Showed me his little finger painting artwork and... He just kept coming up to me and no one else in the room. And I didn't understand it. There's ten other awesome people on my team and in this room with this family. But this one little kid keeps coming up to me. My friends, as I was leaving Chicago after those two weeks... I was hit overwhelmingly... By realizing that the six-year-old kid was just an instrument... That God the Father was using... To reveal his great love for me. That this child was in the image of God the Father choosing me. Not anybody else, but choosing me. And when that realization hit my heart, the lies of comparison, of jealousy, of self pity they vanished, at least for a little bit. I was able to live as a son of the Father and recognize I have a Father who loves me and still loves me, even in my sin. And I still go back to that memory time and time again when I start to doubt God's love for me. And I encourage all of you, if you have a time in your life that you can think back to, whether it was a time of prayer, a time at Mass, through a friend, on a retreat, when you greatly experience the Father's love for you, cling to it, remember it forever. And when times come of doubting or the evil one tries to come in, cling to that memory. Time and time and time again. My friends, this love of the Father is why we are here. It's what we ultimately desire in life. It's why we were created. The love of the Father is why we journey on this earth in the midst of messiness so that one day we can just be. To be in the love of the Father forever. As Blessed Carlos said, Our goal must be the infinite, not the finite. The infinite is our homeland. Heaven has been waiting for us forever. My friends, you have been chosen by God. Let him remind you of this each and every day, especially here at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. God the Father loves you. God the Father loves you. God the Father loves you. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig em.